This week I'm interviewing Sarah Sarenson, an athlete who I've been coaching for the last three to four months. When Sarah first signed up with me, she just wanted to get a little better at running. She had plateaued a little bit on her road half marathons and wanted to make some improvements. And she didn't have some big lofty goal like trying to run a hundred miles on trails. She just wanted to get a little better. And in our working together, she's gotten stronger, more mobile, and signed up for her first trail half marathon and almost hit her eagle. One of the reasons I really wanted to share Sarah's story is, one, she's delightful, and I thought it would be a fun conversation to record, but two is I often think people don't sign up for coaching because they don't think they deserve it yet. I know that was true for me for a very long time. I had the thought like, well, I could still make a ton of progress on my own. I don't need a coach. I don't really think I'm good enough to get a coach yet. And I couldn't have been more wrong. In fact, if I had signed up for coaching earlier, I could have skipped a whole mess of struggles. Honestly, I think one of the best times to get a coach is right after you have done your first few months or maybe even a year of work on your own and then you're you know know you're committed to the the thing you want to do but you haven't set in all of those bad habits so deeply that they're really hard to fix and I think the earlier you are in your journey the more you can benefit from coaching and the more you can get out of it so whether you want to just hear a fun conversation about trails and running and making improvements and nutrition and all those things that we love to talk about on this podcast, great. Or if you have ever felt like you don't quite deserve coaching yet, or you're just not good enough to have a coach yet, then this conversation is definitely for you. I hope you get something out of it, and thanks for listening to the podcast. Welcome to the Eat Well, Sleep Great, Run Far podcast. My name is Will Franz, and I'm here to help you go farther, faster, and longer without injuries, gut problems, or giving up your favorite foods. All right, this week on the podcast, I have Sarah Sarenson. She is an athlete I've been working with for a few months, and she just finished her first half marathon on trails. And we're just going to chat a little bit about how that was and why we might have like pulled her over from the roads a little bit. So Sarah, first, how, how did you get into running in the first place? Oh, geez. Um, I, I was, I think I was suckered into it a little bit, really. <laughs> um, I started as an adult. I, I mean, I did sports in high school, but sure. as, as an adult, I think I hit my mid thirties and was kind of settling into that sedentary life. And, uh, the things that I like to do were getting harder. So, um, you know, I had a friend who was doing the cash to 5k program and that was sort of the gateway into that. And my husband loves, he loves running. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's how we started. We did a couple warrior dashes, 5k's, and then worked up to a little bit longer. Distances. Sure. How was the cash to 5k? I never actually went through that. I probably should have. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of fun to think back on actually now because um, I remember the whole burning lungs at the end of like a workout of one minute intervals, you know, sure. you run for a minute and then you walk for longer than that. And yeah. it just, 
but it also it the 5k that program was really good for me because it taught me to trust the program because if you start a program and you look at the end and you say there's no way i can run 10 miles or 10 minutes or whatever it is that program did a really good job of helping me trust trust the program that's awesome yeah that's cool that's a good thing to learn so mm -hmm. like when you and i first met i don't know it's like april or something this year how what were you running then like how what were you prepping for? What were you getting ready to do? Where were you on all that front? Um, so at that point, it was half, I do half marathon distances as, as the one that I love um, awesome. on, on the road. So we were doing a, a half, best damn race, half marathon in New Orleans. So that was a lot of fun. It was sea level and flat and, you know, just everything that makes you feel fast and good. So, Sounds delightful yeah, considering yeah. I live in the mountains. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun actually. And like what from there, I know, I mean, nobody else knows this, who might be listening to this, but when like halfway through our kind of training program, you decided to sign up for a trail race, like what, what made you want to go that route? Um, so, okay, so when I signed up with you as a coach, um, I signed up because I was at that point in my running where I sort of plateaued. Sure. I was getting slower. Um, I knew there, I knew the right answers as far as, you know, you got to mix in speed work, you got to do, you know, you have to sleep, you have to do different things. <laughs> um, but yeah. knowing the right answers and reading the information wasn't really doing it for me. So, um, when we signed up, I didn't have any real goals. And yeah. so a local trail run popped up and um, I was really fascinated by that because I love hiking, I love the mountains, I live right here in the mountains. And um, uh, it just seemed like a, a great opportunity because I've always been so intimidated sure. by trail running, just in general. Um, I think I associate trail running with ultra running and <laughs> fair it's very yeah. fair <laughs> yeah um but um, that race got canceled and so uh you were <laughs> you were really great to just sort of roll with it because you went <laughs> from oh no goals it's fine to oh this goal and it's in three weeks by the way to <laughs> maybe you know this other race that we ended up finally yeah but yeah I mean, you just got to go with the flow sometimes. So these things come up and you want to do a cool thing and you got to, you got to make it fit, whether it was the initial plan or not. Right. Which is kind of the trail running attitude anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah 100%. Right. <laughs> like the prep for, I mean, you probably know this, but the prep for like the road work is very different than the trail a lot of the time. Oh like, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what, how, how was, I guess, going from there, how was working with coach? Like what, what was it like to do that since you hadn't had one before? Um, how'd that feel? The, um, so signing up before I had a goal felt kind of uh, frivolous probably. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I understand but, that. <laughs> But it was so nice. It's really nice because um, 
a lot of my training happens in the mornings and mornings are kind of hard for me. I'm not really a morning person. So having a coach um, took the decision-making out of it. Like you just told me, this is what we're doing today. And this is, you know, what's the expectation and all that. So that part was really nice. Um, not having to figure out how to implement the right answer. You know, the articles that I read, the information I read, not having to implement that myself was super nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I don't think you and I have actually had this conversation about how like sometimes it's just nice to not have to make your own training plan. Yeah. 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 Um, also, the accountability was really nice. Because, um, you know, when you're when you're deciding how how to improve yourself, there are a lot of options. Um, sure. And I think working with a coach was really good for me in terms of motivation and accountability and just the check-ins and knowing that somebody is sort of tracking your progress and, and will keep you on track. Um, yeah. And then and then incorporating the the um, the water, the electrolytes, um, the nutrition part of things. I think that that part I haven't really delved into so much. Sure. Yeah. So like on that's kind of fresh in my mind since you and I were chatting prior to this. How how did your race go? And like tell me all about it and mm -hmm. um which one did you do and what was the elevation like and all that stuff? How was it? How was it? Um okay, so I did the Holland Aspen. It's a half marathon was the distance that I did. They have a full marathon and then they've got what they call a half ass which is the six and a half mile race which i love that so much <laughs> yeah it's very very trail community i i really enjoyed their website it is just <laughs> enough information i feel like yeah yeah so i thought at packet pickup that like oh there will be no it was actually good pickup like good pickup and a little um a picky bar a bib and a picky bar <laughs> Like a, and a chapstick or something, you know. So it was, wonderful. It was pretty awesome. Um, but so the elevation, so it's in Bend, Oregon, and the elevation. I think it started out around 5,500 feet of elevation. Cool. And the race itself um, was for a trail. I think really manageable at like a 900 feet elevation gain. I want to say, um, and that made it a lot less intimidating for a first timer. I feel that. Um, mm -hmm. And the weather was perfect. It wasn't too hot. I was really worried it was going to be like 70 degrees to start out with. And, but it turned out to be a 50 degree start temperature and yeah. all of that. So yeah, you got kind of blessed with some good weather last oh minute gosh. there. Yeah, I feel like everything sort of came together um, for, sure. for a pretty perfect race experience. Yeah. Awesome. So going into that, like, what were you, what were you aiming for? What were you really hoping to, hoping to get out of it? Like, did you hit any of that? And how'd it go? Like, did you hit a wall? Like, what, how'd the race go? All that stuff. Okay, so going into it, I had um, my, my reach goal, my ballsy goal was a two and a half hour half marathon, which is slower than my road marathon, but because it was sure. Yeah. <laughs> Everything I've heard about that. So um, two and a half hours was my goal. Yeah. And the race started out really well. Um, 
I had, so when I looked at the race course map, I focused on there are four climbs. One of them was like a mile line, a mile long, and the other three climbs are like half a mile or something. Sure. So I, in my mind, I had these four climbs and everything else was easy, and that was not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> that was the wrong. Uh, um, I think it got me into the race at least, you know. So yeah. Um, usually. So usually on the road, usually around mile nine is when I sort of run out of juice and I kind of, I call it rocking. I rock the rest of the race. I run, walk it, um, Got it. and um, interval it, you know, and that's how I usually finish my races. Sure. On this one, the last big climb was between mile like seven and a half or eight or eight and eight and a half mile. Um, and so then it goes into this downhill. So a mile 10, uh, mile 10 was my fastest mile because that was the downhill that I remembered, but it only lasted like half a mile. <laughs> and so I was thinking, I, love that. <laughs> I was thinking I could get my angle. I thought I was on track for two and a half hours, which, um, if I'd known the remainder of the course, I would have known that that wasn't realistic. But um, so mile 10, I think the last half mile, I was pushing it up a hill. And oh, I have to tell you too, uh, I think it was mile seven and a half on that last climb where I was running up it and I just wanted to walk, but I didn't need to. It was just one of those minutes. Oh, yeah. And in my head, I was going, damn it, Will, why? <laughs> <laughs> because normally I could just walk this and be happy. But now I know that I can run it. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't, yeah. Anyway, but at mile nine, nine and a half. Like the, my favorite disappointment I could possibly give you. That makes me very happy. All right. Yeah, that's right. my biggest complaint of you as a coach. Is that I want to walk less of the hills and yeah. Fair. So when I was still going after that mile nine and a half, I was like, yeah, that would have been a long time to walk. So yeah. probably a good thing. <laughs> but at mile 11, I, uh, I think that 10th mile kind of overdid me on the cardio. Sure. So I had the, um, not the burning lungs, but you know where they kind of, your throat kind of closes up on you a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I did end up doing a little more walking in the last two miles of the race, sure. which wasn't terrible because those are the, those two miles were the most technical. There was really? a lot of um, hopping down rocks and okay. you know, trying to get over some humps. And sure. I had a runner. Uh, she, I was following her most of the race, and she was cracking me up on the last mile and a half because uh, she stopped to tie her shoe, and I, I was running by her, and I said, "Man, they, they put the stuff in the last mile," and she goes, "Yeah, the last fucking mile." <laughs> and was, like, all behind me the whole time. I heard her like, "Damn it!" You know, rocks, and so it just it kept me going. Oh, uh, that's awesome! I love that so much. I think yeah. that. Runner and I sound like I would we would get along. That's delightful. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a different. There was some. There was a lot of single track, and I think there was one mile where I saw the split cross my watch on my watch, and I was like, "How did how did I run? I don't even. There wasn't even on the uphill. Why was it that slow? But I think you know you get stuck. You know you get in a group on single track, 
And I didn't really have the juice to sprint past them. And I wasn't going to ask them sure. to stop and stand on the side of the track while I, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah, it was a really fun experience. I'm fun. glad. I'm yeah. glad you enjoyed it. What yeah. did you do for like hydration and fueling and everything while you were out there? Um, so the salted water thing really worked well for me. When Good. I first, the first time I tried salted water, I don't know if I did it too concentrated because I had a smaller container, um, but it was really salty to me. Sure. But maybe I got used to it or something because um, through training and all of that stuff, it just, it just worked. For me and then I didn't have to worry about um you know salting a potato or something yeah uh, and then the nutrition I took like a trail mix cookie and I had two of those spring gels um I kind of felt like a nerd with the gels but in the That's end <laughs> I would, and I had ice in it, so I was the only runner any anywhere I went. I was the only runner that just had that clicking or sliding clicking, ice yeah. down, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But there, the aid stations didn't have any ice. The aid station because it's thirteen miles. Nobody, of course, yeah, I get it. Know, fine, but and then the two gels, and I gotta say, by the end of the race, where I wasn't having that muscle fatigue, I wasn't having to walk because I just you know, was over it with the sore legs and stuff. That was, that was a good payoff. That was a good return on that embarrassment, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get uh, it. Yeah. I uh, have very little, I do not give a shit about what other people are thinking about me most of the time. I just don't want to bonk, man. I've done it enough in my life. I don't do it, want to do it anymore. Like, right? I, yeah. I could care. Yeah. Bonking is more embarrassing probably than than having some full pockets and a little sloshing. And it hurts. Then you're like out for a couple days. Like, I don't know. It's just not my jam. I used to do it. I used to accidentally do it all the time in my 20, early 20s when I was an idiot. And I've gotten a lot better about it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely worth it. Um, and I wasn't sore the next day, too. So I gotcha. don't know. Great if that's the nutrition thing i don't know if that's what it is or if that's the trail surface um but i had some tightness but not not soreness so good probably a lot of both like if you they've shown that your recovery if you can like kick start a little bit during your race during your run um by replenishing glycogen and then like getting a good meal afterwards like you're much less likely to be sore the following day yeah so Awesome. awesome you did great it was a pleasure to coach you uh how what's what's next what are you looking at you've been you put in a solid block and it's you know yeah august what are you thinking about next <laughs> i'm thinking about you know coffee in the morning and not having to rush out the door <laughs> i think it sounds like a delightful delightful set of time yeah Good. i think you're probably a long way away from that experience <laughs> <laughs> yeah real far yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> i have um, another like three month block before my race so yeah i'm with you oh my gosh that is so long um no i'm i'm probably going to enter into like a maintenance mode maybe try yeah. and build on that strength um that as you know <laughs> that is a growing edge for me uh, sure strength training thing is not my my favorite although I guess 
like running isn't my favorite either. So to be fair, <laughs> I was I was thinking about this actually. Yeah. It's like I I've invested a lot of time and effort in the whole running. Why yeah. do I do this? Because the act of running, I'm learning to enjoy it better. The slow recovery runs that you had me do actually went a long way toward that. Good. But I think it's a real testament to the running community that um, for the pleasure of being part of it, I will go out and, you know, spend a lot of time and effort doing something that I don't love. So. I feel the same. Like, I mean, nobody who's listening to this thinks I've been doing this forever, right? Like, I'm yeah. very open about my, like, personal new entry into this world. And some days are good. And the recovery, like the like chill runs where I like actually feel like I'm making progress are delightful. And then there's yeah. also those runs where I'm like, what is this shit? Like, why yeah. am I doing this? Why? <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. So now I feel you. But you're right. The community is wonderful. It's really nice. Yeah. It is. I'm good. I'm glad you had such a good time on your first like big trail adventure. And yeah. I think you deserve some well or you get some well-deserved time off. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to training since December because um, that New Orleans race when it fell and then when the coaching opportunity fell. And so, but yeah, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you got so much out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It ha I have actually gotten a lot that I can incorporate into my regular training stuff. Um, just from having done a training block correctly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, we've gotten into that slump of you run three times a week, you do the same run, you know, different mm -hmm. miles, the same run. And um, so to have done a training block correctly, I think will go a long way for, um, for me continuing running, actually. You know? For sure. I feel that. I mean, this is the first... This is the first training block I've ever done that is like fully right either. It's like last time I was trying to run faster was in training for other sports and I was 25 and just beat myself into the ground. So like it is, it is enlightening as to what it can look like when you actually know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I know that delayed gratification, you know, yeah. Doing the slower runs or building your base and then building your speed or whatever order it's supposed to be in. Sure. Just killing yourself. Yeah. I mean, watching your pace get faster, not week to week, but like over the course of a couple of months where it like dropped by what minute, minute and a half on that slow pace was <laughs> that was awesome. It was fun it to watch. It was. Well, and this morning, um, so my race was two days ago. And this morning, um, I went out and ran just a couple of miles, but my heart rate was in that recovery zone. <laughs> and I remember the first time you had me do one of those runs and my comment was, what, was this a walk or was this a run? I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> I was just so frustrated. But yeah, um, two I days after that. racing now, you know, it's, it's just nice to see improvement in a lot of different metrics more than, you know, more than just pace, but also pace. So. That's awesome, Sarah. Well, I'm glad. Anything else you want to add before we stop this recording? Um, 
Not a lot, just that it was a fantastic printing block and it was really nice working with somebody who can help a person get where they're going, you know, it's nice. I really appreciate that. Well, yeah, anything, anytime, of course. Yeah. I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit the stop button, hang around for a minute. Anyway, anybody, anybody who listened to this, thank you so much. And we'll be back another time. See ya. Thank you for listening to the show. To be clear, I'm not a doctor nor a registered dietitian and nothing you heard was medical advice. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training regimen. If you enjoy the podcast or found it useful, please take a couple seconds to give it a rating or share it with a friend. Every little bit helps. And if you want more of this information, please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Nutrition Group on Facebook. You'll be in good company with other like-minded people who like to do hard stuff outside.